Hi everyone and welcome to the final whistle podcast from Southampton FC. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Kenzie Benali and we're back again for post-match reaction to Southampton's 1-0 defeat to Aston Villa in the Premier League. Joining us for this week's podcast, we have former Saints captain Dean Hammond and NBC's lead soccer writer Joe Prince-Wright. Now, Dean, I feel we do need to give you just a moment to vent about that penalty decision in the first half. Can you just sum up your thoughts on that one for us? Well, it's a hugely controversial decision. Um, I think it's another um, sign that VAR is is misleading and very, very confusing. Um, I can't understand why it's not a penalty. Um, It prevents a goal-scoring opportunity. Um, the uh, the players, Matty Cash, you know, is moves his moves his arm towards the ball. His, his body is in an unnatural position, um, and even as suggested, if the ball does touch slightly touch his knee, it doesn't change the direction of the ball, so it would have hit his hand anyway. And I really just don't understand the rules on that, and how the fact that VAR made such a quick decision on it to to refuse and not give the penalty. They've looked at it from a few angles and we're all obviously on TV all watching the same thing. And I just can't believe it's not a penalty. And it, it really, I think, affected the result tonight. If Southampton have gone 1-0 up, like we've mentioned many a times, when they go 1-0 up and they're playing on the front foot, they're, they're a different animal, a different team. So a very, very strange decision. I'd be very disappointed as a player, very, very frustrated. And I'm sure when the players see that back, they will, they will feel the same. So... Tough to take, but hopefully that will um, even out as the season goes on. Well, Joe, we will talk more about that penalty decision more on the show, but VAR just wasn't on Saints' side either for the offside goal. Uh, what were your thoughts on that one? Incredibly harsh, given everything that happened, you know, with the no penalty kick decision, the injuries. It seemed like luck just wasn't on Saints' side. And then finally, they get an equaliser in stoppage time. And you look over and see the image of the offside decision and it's, you know, the rule is the bottom of the armpit is where the line is drawn to the line with the arm. And even the line didn't maybe look as straight as it should have done. So it was agonizingly close for Saints. I guess if the line was drawn correctly, then it was, you know, may have slightly just been offside. But it's one of those situations, again, where the rule needs to be clarified. It's changed so often over the course of this season and over the last 12 months that I think a lot of fans are just, a bit fed up with it and need to be reintroduced to the rules. But uh, yeah, it was a frustrating night and that kind of just summed up the whole evening, I think, for Saints because uh, created a lot of good chances, couldn't take them. And when they thought they had one, uh, then they uh, run into VAR in a very, very close offside decision. Uh, well, before we get the ruler out and work out where Danny Ing's armpit is, here's how the game panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. I sort of understand the Ward-Prowse right-back thing with Grealish, Dave, because he probably trusts Ward-Prowse more than anyone, as Ings does brilliantly, turns the defender, shot this time from Armstrong, Villa want a hand, uh, Saints want a handball, Lee Mason looks to be waving that claim away from Stuart Armstrong, who drifted off that left-hand side nicely, well, we're going to get another look at it for you at home, I mean, oh, it has hit his left it's arm in his from arm. that angle, That's I've seen a much different angle, and his arm's out. This could be a that's, penalty to say. That Saints. could be a penalty, that. His arm is wide of his body. That's not helping Matt Cash's cause, Dave. I'm not sure how many lo- looks Mike Dean needs. Go and get Lee Mason to have a look himself if you're not sure. Why does he need to look at it 20 times? Wow. Whoa, it's not tell given. you what. That, that. It's not given. I think that is a dodgy. I'm, I'm shocked. I, I think that was a handball, me. I'm actually shocked.
As target lifts one over the top for Grealish to run onto, he's onside, he crosses it into the heart of the penalty area, oh, and Ross ball. Barkley meets it perfectly, and heads it past McCarthy, back the other way as he ran to his right, and Villa take the lead with five minutes to half-time. Right back, lovely back heel from Bertrand's got Ings back in the box, oh, and Ings plays it inside, might fall for Redmond, who's hit it just over the bar, but it got a deflection, it's a corner to Saints, and corner from the left, it's flicked on, and Martinez makes the save, and Adams can't score the follow-up, and then Steven shot his Blocked as well. Oh. Twice Villa defenders get in the way of Saints shots. Short to Jankovic. Good ball into Adams. Trying to hold up the defender. And then the shot comes in from Bertrand. Dealt dealt with. And Danny Ings does equalise. But the flag goes up. The flag goes up. Oh, and it really isn't Southampton's night. Is he really offside? Is that That's not a part well, of the body you, you see can score me. with. You see to me there, Adam. He's level. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I mean, the backside is level with his arm, the top of his arm, and you, you can't score with your arm. You're going to destroy the game. Saints are being done here by VAR tonight. If this isn't allowed, and the decision is, it's offside, and his arm was well, offside, and right on the edge of the T-shirt that's line. That's very unfortunate. That's very unlucky. Dean, a bit of a frustrating night. What did you make of that performance? Right, Kenzie. I think the the word is frustration. I think there's a, a couple of controversial decisions. Um, but the performance from Southampton was was pretty good um, up to a point. I think I think the first half they dominated the game, were good in possession, um, got out of really tight areas um, very very well uh, against Aston Villa's um, disciplined shape. But kind of half chances, couldn't quite get their clear cut chance really in the first half. But got in some great positions with great um, quick play um, and look back to the sort of. Um, pressing, high intensity, moving the ball very quickly that we've come to accustomed to with the with the team, and then Aston Villa got that sucker punch with a goal against play on the break. Really, really good finish. Actually, a very, very good goal, but I don't think they deserve that. And then second half started quite slowly, to be honest. A few injuries again, which disrupted the pattern of the play, and the changes actually helped. Um, got some more attacking players on the pitch, and then Southampton finished very, very strong and. And the Aston Villa goalkeeper made a couple of good saves. The offside goal at the end is is debatable, um, but yeah, just frustration. And to be honest, I real I feel really disappointed for the players because I think they put in a really good performance. They've worked ever so hard again, um, played really really well for the club, um, and just haven't got the result. So it's unfortunate, but it's a good performance, but not the result that we're all wishing for. Yeah, certainly some controversial moments from that match, which we will, of course, talk about in a few moments' time. But, Jay, what was your overall assessment of the game? Dean was pleased with the performance. What about you? Yeah, I agree with Dean on that, to be honest. It was um, fits and starts kind of performance. Got into a lot of promising positions out wide, I thought. And then uh, we kind of tended to drift inside and lose the momentum sometimes when we had some overloads in wide areas. And, yeah, it was just stop-start, kind of a lot of things building up, I think, from the... The no penalty decision early in the game to then the the injuries, which obviously very untimely considering only just got some players back. And then I think, you know, the one disappointing thing is Saints didn't really test the goalkeeper until the last 15 or 20 minutes. So it took uh, a heck of a long time to kind of really get some great looks on goal. But then Aston Villa have been very good defensively this season. You can see that with their organisation, their shape. As soon as they went 1-0 up, they weren't really interested in making it an open game. They were just trying to hit Saints on the counter and were very happy to sit back deep, defend, and then rely on their goalkeeper 
and uh, maybe VAR coming up big for them. But uh, yeah, it was very frustrating. I think for every Saints fan out there, uh, will be sitting there kind of scratching their head, thinking how do we at least not get a point from that? And I'll be interested to see what the players and Ralph say afterwards because it, it does feel like a very harsh result and the performance, like Dean said, wasn't that bad and definitely deserved at least a point. Yeah, well, let's talk about one of those controversial uh, topics from the game tonight, Dean. Uh, there was a penalty appeal on nine minutes for a handball against Matty Cash. We're racking our brains to understand how that wasn't given, but can you explain that one to us? <laughs> I don't think I can, Steve, to be honest. It's it's very, very confusing. Um, I think we've all had issues and the understanding of VAR, and it's still, it still don't, it comes down to an opinion. Um, and I just can't see for the life of me how that's not a penalty, if I'm honest. It's it's prevented a goal-scoring opportunity. Matty Cash, it hits his arm. You can see that directly hits his arm. I don't believe it hits his knee, which it suggested it's taken the deflection off a, um, a second part or a, of his body onto his hand. I don't believe that did. Um, and he's moving his arm away f- uh, from his body into an unnatural position. So... I just can't really see how they've made that decision. And and they didn't take that long to decide either, which is quite shocking. They probably looked at it four or five times. But when a decision is debatable, they do take a longer time, a longer period of it. And it didn't seem like that uh, tonight. So a really, really strange uh, decision. I think that hindered Southampton really, because I think having a penalty after nine or ten minutes would have helped to go one nil up. Um, like you mentioned, Steve, it's difficult to uh, then once Aston Villa are 1-0 up, to, they're not going to come out. They're going to sit in their shape. They're going to be disciplined. So, yeah, difficult and really frustrating to take that. And I think when the players see that back, when the manager sees that back, when the referee sees it back, I think they'll see that they've got that wrong. Well, Joe, you said fans are likely to be scratching their heads after that one. And you're absolutely spot on. All the comments I'm seeing here uh, on our socials are, are just some pretty confused fans, really. Um, Azzy on YouTube has said, the handball rule, does anybody understand the Premier League VAR stance on it anymore? Uh, Jack Games has sent us this comment on YouTube. He said, played so well. Uh, VAR was the only thing that put us down tonight. Um, the argument is that it, it did hit his thigh on the way to his hand. But Joe, what was your thoughts on that penalty appeal? Yeah, I mean, guess I guess that technically is the ruling. If it, the, the referee and Mike Dean, the VAR official, did think that it flicked his thigh just before it hit his hand. But um, yeah, I, I, I agree with Dean on that. It didn't seem like it would deviate the ball a, a massive amount from where it was heading anyway. Um, the hand and the arm was in an unnatural position, made his body bigger. And yeah, I mean, if you give a penalty kick, then I assume it would be a red card for a deliberate handball. Um, so that changes the entire game. Uh, and as we've seen with Saints under Hasenhutl and, and this season in particular, it's just one of those things. If, if we don't score early, then um, it doesn't quite seem to happen in the second half of games. That's been a reoccurring theme throughout the season. So started the game really brightly, but I think once one of those big decisions goes against you, it kind of knocked the stuffing out of Saints a little bit. And uh, yeah, I'm sure the players would have seen or heard some of the reaction at halftime when they went uh, back into the dressing room, then that would have made them even maybe angrier. But look, it's one of those things that's happened to other teams throughout the season. You can see, Aston Villa having a bit of fun with it on their social media accounts and so they know they've gotten away with one um, and yeah I don't really know what to say as a Saints fan I'm just kind of stunned that that many uh, bad luck situations all seem to happen within the 90 minutes of tonight's game so um, they kept plugging away kept fighting uh, for the badge but 
it's going to be a weird situation if any of that plays out again. So you just kind of have to say it wasn't Southampton's night. But for me, the handball rule needs to be cleared up there because um, it's changed. There's some incidents earlier in the season where it did, I think, Leeds-Liverpool. There was a situation where Liverpool won a penalty kick, very similar, came off thigh onto an arm. And the ruling's been tweaked and changed so many times that I think there needs to be some kind of statement released from the Premier League and officials just to say, here are the rules. Everybody have a refresh and we can go from there. Well, Aston Villa did take the lead through a free header in the box from Ross Barkley. It was a good header. But Dean, what went wrong for Saints there? Well, it was a really good move by Aston Villa. You know, they switched play from from one side to the other, one-touch football um, and then uh, Jack Grealish got in behind James Ward-Prowse with some really, really good movement. Um, and it was a fantastic cross. You know, you're expecting Jack to probably have a touch there, maybe cut back on his right foot, but an early cross. Um, and it was a good run by Ross Bartley. But it, um, I can't. I think it was Ollie Watkins' run across the near post kind of distracted um, Jack Stevens, who made a cross, uh, move across to, to uh, mark him. You always, as a defender, you go with the first man. You go onto the near post. You, that's the danger. Um, and Ross Bartley's got him behind him with a free header. So probably needed to be tracked by a midfield player, but he was playing that sort of number 10 position. So it can be difficult to pick him up. Um, but a really good move by Aston Villa, actually. They're only one of the first half um, and a good header, which you don't you don't really expect from uh, Ross Barkley. But a great cross. Uh, but yeah, just, just some good movement and maybe a midfield runner not tracking the run of Ross Barkley. Um, and the centre-half's getting distracted by Ollie Watkins moving across the front post. Yeah, well, a frustrating loss, but certainly uh, fans pleased still with the performance. A couple of comments here on that one. Uh, Richard North has said Southampton FC performance 7 out of 10 tonight. Oriol was excellent. Uh, Darren said, got to keep going, lads. Great work rate once again, uh, and the goals will come. Uh, Joe, coming to you then, looking specifically at that second half performance from Southampton then, uh, how did they do for you in the second 45? Yeah, I think obviously with the injuries, that didn't help to start this, the start of the second half. A lot of chopping and changing. Obviously, Gineppo coming in at right back and, you know, forced into a lot of changes once again. But I think it was pretty good, much like the first half. Um, got into a lot of promising situations, one-on-one. Goalkeeper came and made a big few saves from Bednarak and Shea Adams in particular, two really good saves. And just couldn't convert those chances. Very unlucky. Um, I, I did feel sometimes it's a bit predictable, but it's difficult when 10 men are sitting behind the ball and there weren't that many opportunities. But Dean mentioned it earlier. Um, I liked when, when Redmond and Ings in particular would maybe drop a little bit deeper, turn, and then they could thread those balls through. And that's how Shea Adams nearly got in. So I think that's maybe something to look at for the next games coming up uh, that Saints have, because um, that's where they had a little bit of joy against those teams that now send... They, Teams, teams, teams want to sit back deep against Saints and like and, and try and catch them on the counter. And I think now we're coming up against teams that really respect Southampton because of how well they've done this season. And then, you know, you have to maybe change up your attack or just your approach slightly. So, yeah, go on some good positions. Just wasn't, uh, you know, quite our evening. And I've just seen a quote come up from Dean Smith, the Aston Village manager, saying that, he has no complaints of VAR, so I don't want to harp on the VAR point, but just want to throw that out there. Well, yeah, we will go on to it now. Uh, there was more VAR controversy in the dying moments. Dean, I can't wait to hear your opinion on this one. Uh, Danny Ings had a goal ruled out by the finest of margins. He did. Um, and again, it's 
it's surprising. Um, I don't understand the VAR personally. One thing I'd love, I'd love, I'd love a referee or uh, the association to come out and maybe explain decisions, not straight away after the game, but maybe the referee could sit down and um, really discuss it with someone and, and explain exactly why it is offside, exactly why it's not a penalty from each individual game. There's time to do that. There's a technology to do that. Um, there's a social network to be able to explain that to people. And I think that would help. Um, but with the goal, you know, a, a, a good save by the keeper. I think it was Shea Adams' strike. It was a really, really good save. And then Danny's followed up and one attempt, two attempts, you know, a hungry goal scorer, a natural goal scorer to get the ball in the net. And I just think you give the striker the benefit of the doubt. That's how it where I used to play, you know, offside decision, you give the striker the benefit of the doubt because you want to see more goals. That's what makes football entertaining. Um, and the ruling is, I believe, it's, it's the armpit. It's by the side that, that that's offside, which is strange because you can't score with that part of your arm. I think we've, we've looked at the uh, the decision and the line's not quite straight. And uh, Matty Cash, I think the right back, um, part of his body's behind the yellow line and they're giving it offside. So I think, again, it's a really tight decision. I'd be disappointed. It's gone against Southampton tonight. It's gone for Aston Villa. Hopefully some decisions will go for Southampton later on in the season to get some results. But yeah, frustrating. And I think when the players see them two decisions come back after the effort they've put in tonight, um, yeah, I think they'll be a little bit low on that. But it's gone now. Uh, you can't change a decision, uh, but a bit harsh tonight. Yeah, we could talk endlessly about that, couldn't we? Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the team selection now then. Uh, Oriol Romeo and Ibrahima Diallo, um, we were a little bit surprised to see them starting in the same team. We assumed Diallo would slot in at right back, but in actual fact, he was alongside Romeo in midfield. Uh, Joe, how was that pairing for you today? Yeah, really good. I thought, you know, they dominated midfield when they were in together. Um, Villa didn't really have any play at all. So it was kind of what we spoke about before, a future partnership could work. I mean, they were destructive. Uh, Diallo was making those runs forward. Romeo was getting further forward. They dovetailed really well. And uh, they showed that they can have a really good partnership. And uh, yeah, it seemed to work. Obviously, Ward-Prowse playing um, right back. He, he did so uh, against Grealish and Aston Villa last season as well. Um, so maybe that was the thinking there to, to match him up. And he played well that in that game and stopped Grealish. Um, but yeah, I think in the midfield in particular, no problems whatsoever with that display when those two were together uh, in the holding midfield position. Showed to me that they can really have a future as a good partnership. And uh, that was one of the major positives from the Southampton display. Uh, Dean, Joe mentioned it there with uh, James Ward-Prowse playing it right back. How did he do for you this evening? Yeah, he did okay. He did, he did fine actually filling in, in into that position. It, it was a surprise. Um, but probably actually a sensible decision and a, the correct decision by the manager. Um, he, he controlled Jack Grealish, really. There was only one time in the first half where a clever bit of movement and then he got in behind James and obviously that led to the goal. Uh, but apart from that, you know, really, really solid, comfortable on the ball, got into some great positions first half and put a couple of really dangerous crosses in, one that flew across the box where Danny Ings almost got onto it. So, yeah, a solid performance by Giants there. If I'm honest, he looked a little bit frustrated. I think he wanted, obviously, to be playing in midfield um, because there he can be more effective. But as captain, as a type of player is, he's versatile. He can play in different positions. Um, so he did a fine job tonight. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm sure he wants to get back into that midfield position as soon as he can. 
Well, let's hear from Ralph Hasenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. I don't know. Um, I mean, they told me that it's a clear goal if he doesn't get it on my hand. And then, uh, yeah, what can you say? In such a situation, um, it can be uh, decisive for the game. And, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it so far, but they told me that it is clear handball. In terms of how you played in the first half, you, you seem to have you know, some reasonable success getting in behind them. It seemed to be your first half. How frustrating was it to go in one goal behind? Yeah, it's always frustrating when you give them one chance and they score. And they played it in a fantastic way, this one goal. But that's it. And we had a lot of chances, I think, also in the second half. And in the moment, yeah, also the, the goal from Ingsi, I mean, where you put the line up here or here, then it's offset or onside. This is a little bit strange. But yeah, I, I don't want to discuss the VR. I'm normally a big friend from the VR and uh, sometimes it hurts you and sometimes it's, it's good for you. So today uh, it was not uh, for us and this is a pity, but uh, I think we, we played a good game today. We tried everything and uh, guys are very disappointed because they deserved more, I think. You talk about being unlucky as well and you appear to have three players go off with injuries tonight. I, I know it's early, but do you know what the injuries are and, and any early idea on the severity of any of them? Yeah, like always now, muscle injuries maybe, and and uh, yeah, it's it's strange. It's it's what is uh, worrying me the most, to be honest, in the moment, that we, as soon as players are coming back, others are out. We have a really bad run in the moment. We must uh, have a look what is the, what is the reason because it's it's strange. Well, Dean, looking ahead to Tuesday now. There, now we travel to take on Manchester United. What are your early thoughts on that one? Well, it's a good opportunity to, for Southampton to, to to bounce back from this result, to react from this result. And I think it will help them go into a place like Old Trafford. You know, uh, Manchester United will need to win the game. They've had a couple of poor results, to be honest. You know, Sheffield United have gone there on Wednesday night, I believe, and, and 1-2-1. So why can't Southampton go to Old Trafford and win? It's not the intimidating atmosphere that you expect. It's not the most scariest ground with the reputation it used to have. Uh, but United are a good team um, and they've got some exceptional players. But I, Southampton can go there and express themselves. I think they've got a decent record at Old Trafford, especially with the performances. Um, and with the performance tonight, you know, it's a good performance. Take that into the next game and try and get a result um, and try and get back to, to uh, taking some of them opportunities. And I think things will change them. Yeah, well, Joe, Southampton suffered late heartbreak against United in November. Not got a bad result at Old Trafford, though. Do you think it, how how difficult? Sorry, do you think it's going to be? It will be tough. Um, I think United had that luxury, don't they, of having such a large squad that they could change five or six of the starting eleven from their game against Arsenal today and be pretty fresh. Where obviously Saints don't have that at the moment. Um, but yeah, as Dean mentioned, they've been a bit up and down in recent weeks. Um, it's it, you know you you're just looking at some weaknesses in the team, and I, I do think that. Danny and Shea, if they start up front together, then they could they could get in behind the United centre-back partnerships there. They, they have been shaky at times, Lindelof, Maguire, you know, by whoever lines up in those positions. I think that's an area where we can really get at them. Um, but it's going to be tough. It always is. But I think now that Southampton will be, maybe have a bit more fire in their belly from seeing how unlucky they were today and, and use that in a positive manner. And uh, look... It's not all doom and gloom, is it? It's still been a very good season up until this point. And uh, I think that a big win against Man United would be the perfect remedy for that. And um, we all saw the game earlier in the season, 2-0 up early. 
Um, I think Manchester United are much better away from home than they are at home. Their record shows that. So this is a good opportunity, I think, for Saints' attacking players to have a lot more space. And, you know, United will be asked to come out and attack and that will leave gaps. And I think that will suit Saints very well and uh, should lead to them improving their already impressive record at Old Trafford. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Thank you to our guests, Dean Hammond and Joe Prince-Wright. We'll be back on Tuesday for the trip to Manchester United. See you then.